You are listening to Mystified and Thankful Radio, Adoration Over the Airwaves. I'm your host, Reverend Adam Talent. The year is 2020 and the time is now. This is episode 5. You can learn more about this ministry by going to mystifiedandthankful.com. To contact me or financially support the ministry, you can send me a message on the contact page. You can inquire about avenues for financial support or send in your testimonies. I may even share those testimonies on the air. To follow along with my visual art, you can find me on Instagram at Mystified and Thankful. And don't forget to leave a review or a rating for this podcast. Or share it with family members or friends. It helps the message get into more homes and more hearts. Hey, did you know that the truth doesn't change based on your opinions? It also doesn't change based on someone else's certainty. Truth isn't something we own. Actually, truth wants to own us. Truth isn't abstract. Truth is alive. It's a person, the creator of everything. He died to set you free and to pull you into himself, into truthfulness, into reality. There is no truth outside of love and there's no love outside of truth. You don't find truth truth finds you. His name is Jesus. And I believe that throughout this program, you're going to experience him beyond reason, beyond opinion, and beyond barriers, beyond fear. So Jesus, I just start this program by asking that through the simple agreement of this program playing over the airwaves, that you come and encounter and hold each person who willfully lets this podcast play into their ears. Flood out of their lives any opposing spirits, any anxiety, hatred, abuse, fear, trauma, sickness, strife, worry, control, lack. Come and set the captives free. Come and release the prisoners because it's for freedom's sake that you set us free. If you've heard this podcast before, you know that we have an order to the program. First, we start with a time of adoration. Then, we move to a time of poetry. Following the poetry, we have a message. And this episode comes to you as a proclamation from the heavens in the midst of the storm that everything's going to be okay. No matter what's going on in your life right now, I believe God's telling you that. It's going to be okay. So let's start with a time of adoration, knowing that no matter what's happening around us right now, no matter how loud the storm is, that it's going to be okay because of who has us, because truth owns us. the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. 
he will not grow tired, he is not weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary. The young men stumble and fall, but those who hope, those who wait, in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they'll run and they won't grow weary, they will walk and they will not faint. I declare today the truth of this scripture to you, that you're going to soar on the wings like eagles, you're going to run and not grow weary, you're going to walk and not faint. But the truth is, is that waiting creates movement, not your striving, not your efforts not your ability to push, but waiting. Will you wait on the Lord with me? Spirit, we lay it all down at your feet, whether it's a crown of victory and reward, or it's a need for perseverance. We say that you're in all of it. It all belongs to you. Our defeats, our victories, our struggles, our accomplishments, but we choose to wait on you. And waiting creates movement. Today's poem was written this past year. It's been a poem that I've released to many folks who found themselves in a world they didn't expect to find themselves in. Working at grocery stores, filling online orders, there's artists without work or pay, pastors preaching on Zoom, teachers hosting digital classrooms, empty mailboxes waiting on unemployment checks, 
loved ones at home waiting for fevers to leave, those changing careers and moving to new cities in a troubling time. Every time I type out this poem for someone in the unique context that they find themselves in, I feel the buzzing drone. It's the honey and the glory of triumph and of victory. So as I read this, rest your tired wings. Place a hand on your heart as I read this and let it wash over you. Abeo. Wind, resistance, strength unseen. Flowering promise, tired wings. Petals catch, faithful dew. Harvest plentiful, workers few. Yellow pollen, stars and sand. Milk and honey, promised land. Above, beyond, buzzing drone. Sweetened triumph, sweetened comb. Hey, if you enjoyed that poem and you would like a hand-typed copy of it and a letter from me, you can go to mystifiedandthankful.com. Go to contact and select poetry request. For a small donation, I'm going to type that up to you and mail it. And that support goes to helping this ministry get into more ears and more hearts. chapter 8. As always, take time to read this story for yourself. Ask God what he wants to show you personally. I'm going to be skipping around in the scriptures, but I'd encourage you to read the fullness of the story for yourself. The Apostle Paul, he wasn't always known as the Apostle Paul. He was born Saul, and when he's born again, he becomes Paul. He has a name change. Some of you are going to receive a new name as well when you're born again. When he was a young man, as Saul, we see in chapter 8 that he witnesses the death of the first martyr of the early church. His name is Stephen. Saul holds the coats of the folks who stoned Stephen. Fear and hatred entered through the gates of purpose on his life. He was longing for significance. He's holding the coats of his mentors and his superiors, and he gazes upon a man he's told is his enemy. As others begin to throw stones and curse a man who God was opening the heavens over. Now, before all this, Stephen preaches this beautiful compilation of the gospel, going through Old Testament story after story, culminating into the accomplishment of all things. Jesus, the fulfillment of all things. It's offensive. It's offensive to their politics. It's offensive to their current religious understanding. It's offensive to their society. The crowd gnashes their teeth at him in a visual manifestation of their fear. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazes into the heavens. And what does he see? He sees the glory of God. 
He has a vision of Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He even says out loud, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What is happening here? Stephen's looking into the sky, having an encounter with love. What is love doing? It's so consuming that it's blinding him to the hatred and the fear of the world. He's not the only one that's being blinded. Saul, holding the mantles of his superiors, is blinded with fear. He's unable to see the heavens opened, completely blinded to the heavens. Fear and love, they're both blinding. But in love, our sight is restored. In love, our sight is transformed. How many of you want your sight to be transformed as well? Why don't you touch your eyes as I continue to talk? Now Saul and his constituents, they can't see this open vision. They can't see the heavens opened for the fear that's pumping through their veins. They're afraid of these early church Christians. Stephen's last words crying out was this, receive my spirit. He then kneels down and he says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Scripture says as he then fell asleep, it leaves us to wonder if God spared him the pain of the stones midair. As they move through the air about to crush his physical body, the scripture says he's falling asleep. I want to ask you this. What do you want to be blinded by? Love or by fear? Both are blinding. And I'm sorry to say you don't get to opt out of the choice. There is no third option. Fear blinds us slowly. It's incremental. It starts as one little statement, one little idea, and it grows and it builds. It's falsely affirming to this counterfeit self. And isn't that the problem? That when we're deceived, we're deceived? We're not aware of it. So when fear affirms our false sense of self, we slowly become a stranger to ourself. We can't find ourself, much less God. And we slowly build more and more walls. It's isolating. It offers a false sense of protection, and yet we're not protected at all. When love comes in, it's a blinding light. It knocks us off our horse. It's abrupt. It's often offensive to our current operating systems, to our current prejudice, to the fear that we're carrying. I had an encounter with love and fear both this year. Over and over with my concussion, I had regressions, vertigo, and 
awful nausea would come and go. One evening, I had this dark cloud. It came and rested over me. It was spiritual. It was physical. It was awful. I started hearing these voices of fear. They seemed so real. Telling me things I don't even want to repeat here. But as it was speaking, I just murmured a prayer, Jesus, my life is yours. When I did, I had this clarity. I heard the voice of God say, Adam, this is not death coming for you. This is a spirit. Its name is the fear of death. I believe that some of you out there listening have heard the voice of this spirit, the fear of death. I think it's tormented some of you. Now you might be listening to this and you're like, Adam, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's fine. But some of you know what I'm talking about. The spirit made me feel like I was losing my mind, like I was insane. Like all rationality and facts in the world would tell me that my life was ending. Now this is the thing. I've encountered the spirit of death itself. I've seen people on life support and a spirit of death was resting over them. I laid hands on them, I prayed, and I felt death pass over me and I passed out. Remembering that feeling, this felt similar. I know that's a lot for some of you to hear. But when the spirit of the fear of death came, it was illusion. It wasn't death itself. The next day I had a CT scan and I could barely stand up. I was nauseous and they take me back for the scan. They lay me down in the table and it starts moving back. And I'm thinking best case scenario is today I won't throw up. <laughs> as, it, as it moves me back, I pray, Lord, let me be like a fetus connected to your umbilical cord of life. I feel so helpless. My life belongs to you. Now during the scan, this energy started to swirl around my feet and it went up my legs to the top of my head. I felt like I was in the throne room. I forgot where I was. I started to cry. And all I can tell you is I felt the holiness of the Lord around me. It was pure love. My symptoms left in that moment and I felt love pulsating through my body. I was crying. I felt like a mess. I was trying to think of how I could tell the nurses of how much God loved them. And I started thanking God even for the person that designed that table. I get out of the scan and I'm fumbling through my words and the nurses hurry me along. I don't even get to tell them much. And I realized it's really true that in love and fear both, we lose our minds but in love, we get our minds back. The night the fear of death came to me, I was losing my mind. I felt insane. The moment that love was swirling around my body, I lost my mind as well, but I had all the clarity in the world of how much God loves us. In love and fear both, we lose our minds. What do you want to lose your mind to? Because in love, you get it back. 
and it's redeemed and it's restored. I want to encourage you to give your life to love right now. It's the best thing you'll ever do to be blinded by love so you can get your sight back, to be losing your mind in love so you can finally have your mind in freedom. Do you want to do that with me right now? Why don't you just hold out your hands and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sins, of the fear that I've carried. I ask you to become the Lord of my life. Will you be my Lord and Savior? I never want to be without you again. I invite you into my life to walk this journey with me, that I could be with you forever. If you prayed that prayer, I believe that you're born again. You're like a newborn baby. You need someone in your life to walk with you through the journey. Jesus' spirit has come to fill you. All of your transgressions and your sins have been washed away. You're now one with God. All of heaven is rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing. You're the lost coin that was found. Welcome home. And now I want to speak to my beloved listeners who need freedom from the spirit of the fear of death. It's whispering to you at night or in the morning or through the morning news. I want to tell you the spirit's going to leave you today. Put a hand on your stomach. Take a deep breath in. And I'm going to snap when you exhale. Exhale. Lord, we break that spirit off in Jesus' name. We ask that you would restore to them the joy of life. That these false thoughts, this oppression would be washed away in the river of your grace. We bless each person and the angelic assignment over them. We ask for the workers to be sent into the fields, Lord. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. I believe some of you have experienced that spirit because the realm of darkness doesn't want you speaking of the light. It's trying to overwhelm you so that you'll shut down and worry. But this is a time where you get to see the river of life flow out of you. So let that flow and be blessed. Send me your testimonies. If you gave your life to the Lord today or you got free from that spirit of the fear of death, and join me on the next episode as we look at Saul's life as he turns into Paul. The Lord blinds him with love and gives him his sight back. It's an exciting time to be alive. Won't you join me on the next episode as we release adoration over the airwaves? Don't forget to leave a review and share this with your friends and family. <laughs>